Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and I am joined by my co-host, Gina, forever mad online and mad at real estate, Kelly. <laughs> yes, that is certainly me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gina, I, I would ask how you're doing, but I feel like that's a story that probably needs to be spared for another podcast. <laughs> yes, I, I don't think that our listeners want to hear about my moving saga, but um, yeah, moving is terrible. I think that that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, uh, for for those who decide to like be permanently done in one house, um, you're mm-hmm. absolutely correct. Like I get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the painful moving process. Um, absolutely. Right. So we are back with another voicemail podcast. This one, I think, should be more positive. I say that, and yet here we are talking about the Falcons. Um, but they did pull off yet another win. They moved to 500. Uh, in week seven, they went down to Miami and, and beat a fledgling Miami Dolphins team. Uh, they did let the Dolphins climb back from a 27 to 14 deficit and take the lead. Uh, we won't harp too much on that, but we did get another Matt Ryan fourth quarter comeback, uh, sort of one of the traditional ones from him, uh, his 40th ever in his career. He actually passed uh, John Elway for that list, which is really stunning. And uh, it was, you know, a classic two-minute drive, uh, used uh, Kyle Pitts to perfection, and it finished on the young Waku field goal, sort of a perfect ending to a game. Um, and I hope that the voicemails reflect this. I guess we'll see. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, I don't know if you saw this uh, as much, Gina, but I've, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, it was the Dolphins. And I'm like, mm-hmm. You know, I, I get it. We're not beating Tampa Bay and Buffalo and, you know, the top teams in the league, but you kind of don't have a choice at who your opponent is. And yeah, sometimes you just and, have to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, you really do. And I mean, I think that we've all had the kind of, you know, we didn't really know what to expect from this team coming into the season with a new coaching staff, et cetera. I think we've all been kind of forced to, you know, reset our expectations after mm-hmm. the start of the season. And I mean, yeah, they beat the Dolphins, but now they're sitting at 500. Like, yeah. there are things to be really happy at, about um, in this win. And you should beat the teams that you should beat. The Falcons should have beat the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, we've seen those games go the wrong way for the Falcons a lot <laughs> of times since we have been fans of this team. And so from that perspective, I'm just delighted with it. Yeah, uh, way too many times it's gone the exact opposite way, including most of 2020. So, um, yes. All right. Let's jump to the first voicemail and see how our fans felt about this game. (sighs) 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 Gotta breathe a sigh of relief. (laughs) We did it. We are back to 500. I didn't think we would see it this year, but we're back to 500. 
And, you know, uh, I'm going to be honest. I was not surprised at the end of the game, but I was surprised at how slow we started at the beginning of the game. Uh, I guess we were partying down in Miami a little bit too much. I'm surprised because, <laughs> you know, Atlanta I thought was the place to party. But regardless, we'll take the win against Miami. Uh, you know, two played magnificently. And, you know, he, he did what he had to do to win the game for the team. Um, so, you know, let's go Falcons. It's going to be interesting. You know, T.J. White or Sam Darnold, one of those guys is, are, is going to start for the Panthers and probably going to put some numbers against us. And uh, <laughs> that's going to be another nail biter. But I'm hoping we can get over 500 after next week. Just looking at how bad the Panthers' offense looks, but yeah, you know, you got to be happy about this. You got to be happy about the Falcons winning. Um, I'm hoping AJ Terrell is healthy. Not sure what uh, what the injury on Eric Harris is. I thought it was a broken wrist, and now it's a shoulder injury. Um, supposedly he was standing on the sideline, ready to get back into the game. Ridley making a hell of a comeback with a huge touchdown grab. And yeah, I, let's just continue this momentum. That's, that's two in a row. That's the first time, you know, we won back to back games this season. So going to be interesting going forward. And uh, yeah, some big plays on the defense, some big turnovers. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, take, take this one in and I'm going to go uh, enjoy this pumpkin beer that I kind of saved up <laughs> for this win. Yes. I said it for this win. I, I, I wasn't going to drink it if we lost, but, uh, you know, it, we were getting really close to for me making that big time decision. But, you know, young Hoku, Kyle Pitts, you know, we go from Roddy White to Julio Jones to Kyle Pitts. It, it looks beautiful. And uh, let's just continue that momentum. I love it. Uh, I love his last point, too, about the uh, the uh, moving through some amazing receivers in Atlanta's time. Yeah. And, Kyle Pitts with 163 yards and some fantastic catches. And he was just a dominant player on Sunday, Gina. Yeah, it's just been really fun to see him kind of hit a stride. And, you know, a a lot of us at the Falcoholic talked in the months leading up to the season about what a difficult position uh, tight end is Mm -hmm. for college players to adapt to in the rookie seasons. Um, And we've also talked on this podcast specifically about Kyle Pitts and how he's not a traditional tight end. So when he's learning the offense, he's learning it from a variety of different perspectives. So it's a pretty big learning curve, you know, for a guy who's fresh out of college, um, seeing him hit a stride. I think that we are seeing exactly what Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith saw in him that made them decide to make him the highest drafted tight end of all time. Um, Mm -hmm. I could not be more thrilled about that. Yeah. And I know, we get caught up in the records of teams and looking at, you know, the fact that the dolphins have lost now six in a row uh, or five in a row. And honestly, the thing that I look at is um, Kyle Pitts went up against Eric Rowe, who is a a quality safety in this league. And he beat him handily. And at the end of the game, he went up against Xavier Howard, who was an all pro cornerback last year. And he beat him handily. Um, It's as much about these one-on-one matchups and, the fact that we're seeing a rookie tight end literally take two thirds of his snaps at uh, in the slot and out wide, and not even as an mm-hmm. inline tight end, and beating 
players who have been performing at a high level in the NFL for years is yeah. such, I mean, you don't see that every year. Even Julio didn't beat guys um, of this caliber early on in his career. He certainly no. was impressive, but what I feel like people are not fully respecting what Kyle Pitts has been doing uh, because of yeah. the teams we've played. Yeah, I think that that's accurate. And I just, I think that all you have to do is just look at the way that he plays. I mean, we've already seen high, multiple highlight reel catches from this dude <laughs> this season. Like, he's going to be a ridiculous player. And that's the thing. He's still developing. He's still growing as an NFL player. So, oh, I'm really glad the team decided to take him fourth overall. And I'm really excited to see him continue to develop and grow. Yeah. Uh, he is going to be a fun one to watch for a long. He's 21 years old. Gina. Yes, he is. <laughs> he he literally uh, is younger than um, or in the exact same age range as our own kids. Uh, so, yes, he is. I have a 21 year old daughter. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically Kyle Pitts's mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, time to ask him to cut a check to help with the moving expenses. There, there you go. That's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for the voicemail. We're going to hit up the next one. We're at 500 we and it feels so good. It's the Fat Falcon guys. Feeling good. Been drinking since last night in my braids. I drink when we win. I drink when we lose. I I may need some counseling, guys. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> but let's not get it twisted, guys. This was a this this was a shit team. We play like shit, and it was a shit show. But a W is a W. <laughs> Look at Matt Ryan airing that thing out, putting that. <laughs> he looked like the old Patty Mahomes, not this week, Patty Mahomes. The the <laughs> throws he was making. They look great, like the old Matt Ryan, man. Mm-hmm. He tried to cough it up at the end, but that last drive, man, you, he was like that that dragon on Game of Thrones, boy. He, he was lighting that fire, boy. <laughs> Finding Kyle Pitts, man, it was a beautiful sight. Reminded me of the old days, man. I'm glad we didn't get screwed over like last year with Todd Gurley scoring on accident. <laughs> I'm glad Arthur Smith got his boys under control. Making sure we execute plans. Uh, Mayfield, he, he improved. He 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 showed me something today. There was a play in the beginning of the game. He got he got his ass ate up, and uh, Mike Davis spun and got away from. I can't remember who it was. Mayfield got up and and, and started blocking some more, man. And that, that's just the fight we need, man. So salute hmm. to Mayfield. Salute to Spriggs. I mean, I never heard of the guy before, but he stepped up. I didn't hear his name getting called for penalties or giving up sacks. So that's a great point. Shout out to him. We need that depth, that depth. Uh, but we got to improve. Uh, it's Miami. They weren't good. We got to get better before we. I mean, we're in the soft part of our schedule. We got to get it better. Um, um, Foyer, he's got to work on his coverage, his assignments. We still can't set the edge for shit. <laughs> can't get pressure on the quarterback. But we do have cool. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Appreciate you guys. Talk to you next week. Love it. 
Love it. Always, always love hearing from Fat Falcon. And I just want to say uh, to him, hey, Braves won last night. And so I know that he's definitely celebrating. We are celebrating along with him. And he's yes. hoping for something similar tonight, Wednesday night, when they uh, take on the Astros in game two. Um, I, I love what he said about Mayfield. And, you know, we certainly have not really held back on the offensive line's early <laughs> performance this year. But a thing that we kept pointing to is, you know, give them a few weeks and they need the opportunity to build chemistry, especially with an inexperienced center and Hennessy. And we've seen that development. They have dramatically improved and they deserve all the credit in the world for that. Yeah. And he brought up Jason Spriggs, who had to step in at right tackle for Caleb McGarry, who was on the COVID list this week. Yeah. Um, And McGarry is back. And I do want to say the the last voicemail mentioned uh, the guys in our secondary, um, everyone practice, AJ Terrell, um, Eric Harris, uh, even Avery Williams. So it looks like we will get most of our secondary back, which is great news going to face the Panthers. But going back to Jason Spriggs, you know, this is a guy, he's, he's bounced around the league f- for a few years. And he came in and at right tackle, yeah, you didn't hear his name called. Now, I, he, there mm-hmm. were a few plays where he, he did not hold up. But uh, for the most part, um, that offensive line, the depth now, and honestly, Gina, this is something you and I talked about when we hired Arthur Smith, the fact mm-hmm. that he played offensive line in college and the fact mm-hmm. that he spent a lot of time coaching offensive line at tight end. Um, and we felt like that emphasis on the trenches with his own background may pay dividends. I think we may be seeing that with this offensive line improving pretty quickly. Yeah, I think that you're right. And I really did not expect this improvement to come so quickly. Yeah, um, just because of the just because of the inexperience. You know, I was really hoping that we would see them kind of playing at the level they are now early next season. Right, right. If exactly. they yeah, if, if they if they kept, you know, kind of a cohesive unit there. So I really think that that has to have something to do with it. I think that it's just an area of, a, of expertise for him. And that's really paying off for the Falcons. And uh, the Fat Falcon mentioned something else that I think I we should address. And that's that we cannot set the edge for shit. And <laughs> I just want to note that that is an evergreen sentiment about this team. And I really look forward to someday being able to say, wow, Falcons have a pass rush. We are not there yet. No, we are not. Um, I saw a statistic today that indicated the Falcons are 30th in the league uh, with pass pass rush percentage. um, And that is not going to cut it. uh, But right now, obviously missing Dante Fowler, uh, the only guy that was really getting it done uh, other than Grady Jarrett. So um, yeah, going to be a factor this upcoming weekend for sure. All right. uh, Mm -hmm. Let's get to another familiar voice. Hi, this is Jim in Houston uh, calling to hopefully just leave one message this week because <laughs> I forgot to press nine last week and left two like a senile old fart that I am. Anyway, uh, Falcons squeaked one out. Um, glad they didn't fold. I think, you know, as Freddie Freeman says, we need to rewrite the narrative, uh, but we aren't that deep in talent on this team. Seems like on the defensive side, as soon as uh, A.J. Terrell goes out mid-game, nobody back there knows what to do. Mm. Um, like the last touchdown with four people back there that somebody slipped on through for Miami. Uh, what can I say? Offensively, Matt, Calvin, hold on to the ball. <laughs> you know, we, we kept kept trying to 
shoot ourselves in the foot, but Miami fans sounded like Falcons fans before the end of the first half. Um, oh, back to defense. Tackle, tackle, tackle. Yes. This game should not have been close if mm-hmm. they would have tackled. I think they forgot how. Hold on to the ball on offense. Tackle on defense. And a child shall lead them named Kyle Pitt. <laughs> I wondered about him. I thought the hype was too much. That one-handed can, one-handed catch when the defender was holding his other arm, amazing. <laughs> and like you said, the guy was clutch, thrown to on two long ones on the final drive. He pulled it, us out of the fire. Well, celebrated with meatloaf with barbecue bourbon sauce, mashed potatoes, and broccoli, and made some chocolate chip cookies to share with our octogenarians and nonagenarians next door. Just to celebrate. Our Braves going back to the World Series. Great sports weekend, Atlanta. Love you guys. Keep it up. All right. Thank you, Jim. Um, Always great to hear from Jim. Yeah, love here, and I love hearing the food that he celebrates with. Like my mouth starts to water when he tells us. I what know. He <laughs> yeah, now I'm now I'm actually hungry. So, thank you, Jim. <laughs> um, I I did want to just note two of the things that he said. You know, hold on to the ball on offense, and then mm. tackle on defense. And this is something that we I feel like we've been talking about every week, and it's just kind yeah. of the you know the sloppiness. I mean. Those are things that can be fixed, but they need to be. Yes. And I, I think a very strong case, again, can be made that in these games where the Falcons have scored 30 points, 27 points, 30 points, um, they could have scored a lot more had they not had so many drops and mental mm-hmm. errors, uh, fumbles. And, you know, it, it's right now there's they've got wins, but they're still not playing their best football, which is actually, in some ways, that may be a very encouraging sign. Um, that if they can improve those things, they could be a much better team, maybe even mm-hmm. a much more dominant team. Um, but yes, the the tackles, absolutely. And I will say that his point about A.J. Terrell, I think is dead on. Um, A.J. has turned into one of the best corners we've had in a long time. And uh, PFF released a stat this week that made my jaw drop. Of all of the corners in the league, only one corner in man-to-man coverage has not allowed a reception all year long, all year, not in a, a, a game stretch, but in seven weeks of play, only one corner wow. has not allowed a single reception when he's been in man-to-man coverage and it's AJ Terrell. Um, wow. So I think when he's out, I think Jim's right. I, th- I feel like the defense can't withstand losing a player like that right now. And that will hopefully get better as the, you know, they draft more talent and sign more guys, but Right now, yeah, A.J. Terrell is like a a cornerstone for this defense. Yeah, he really is. Um, And it is, you know, that's been kind of an area of weakness for a while. Um, But it's been so great to see uh, Terrell progress the way that he has. I'm glad that he was able to at least practice in a limited capacity today because it seems like, you know, that's a very good sign considering he was in the concussion protocol. So um, that's great. I do just want to hearken back to preseason when somebody, some national media person said that they thought that AJ Terrell could be like the comeback player of the year. And I was like coming back from what a successful season <laughs> last year. Like, I, I think that he's just so 
underrated. I think Mm -hmm. that he flies under the radar because this team and specifically this defense have not been stellar, but he deserves credit for being the player that he's become. Yeah, 100%. Um, Another great voicemail from Jim. Uh, We've got three more. And uh, of course, there are some voices we will all remember, uh, some frequent callers to this podcast. For those who are listening, I do want to encourage you. um, we, We put the podcast number out on Twitter, usually after game day. But if you're wondering what that number is, uh, you can call us and leave us a voicemail and we will use it on the podcast. That number is 404-592-2823. Yes, you were just triggered. Uh, Again, that number is 404-592-2823. That is the Falcoholic Podcast voicemail line. Feel free to call call it, leave us some messages. And especially after game day, we will use it in this podcast uh, each week. Uh, so before we get to the remaining uh, three voicemails, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I'm with Gina Kelly, and we are listening to and reacting to your voicemails in the wake of the Falcons' road win against the Miami Dolphins, 30-28 in comeback fashion in Week 7. Falcons moved 500. Uh, they play at home this week to take on division rival, the Carolina Panthers. Um, but we're going to focus on what you guys thought about this Falcons win, this uh, sort of soul crushing and uplifting at the same time. Win. Oh man, <laughs> boy, if that doesn't define being a Falcons fan, I don't know what does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's start off with our uh, next voicemail. Hey guys, it's Brandon. <clears throat> Hopefully my audio is a little bit better this time around. Where to start with this Dolphins-Falcons game? It was another example of the team winning a game and the fans still not being able to feel any good about it. Um, We'll start with the defense, which got torched. I know Dean Pease doesn't like to hear ugly win, but that's what this was. They they made some big plays, and that was great, but they also messed up on the little stuff. And sometimes it seems like his personnel choices are are putting the team in a worse situation than necessary. I mean, what did Hawkins have to do to get the start? Why did we have Williamson on out there on Waddle on the first series? I mean, players like Williamson and Green, they're barely getting any snaps, but they seem like, like glaring weaknesses whenever they're on the field. It's crazy. Um, I know that there's not a lot of talent, and uh, I know it's, it's beating a dead horse, but Thomas Dimitrov should. He shouldn't be ashamed of what he did here. It's, it's almost like he was... I'm intentionally trying to sabotage this team. Man, it's just the talent is so low, and it's just 
it's just weird. Did he really just have no idea what he was doing for, for that long? I mean, it seems like he could have played Madden and made better choices. Uh, speaking of choices, Pitts was definitely the right one. Um, man, <laughs> imagine this offense if, if we didn't at least have him. Like, geez, if there was just a rookie quarterback out there just struggling with this line and, and no weapons, it'd, it'd be brutal. The reason that there's so few weapons is because Calvin Ridley is He's played his worst football ever in his contract year. It, it's so strange. He is the personification of the Atlanta choke. It seems like whenever oh. the ball is coming his way, uh, any sort of sense of just fear or this isn't going to work out, it, it seems like he's afraid of the play uh, before the ball even touches his hand. He is, it's like he's made of glass. He's just so terrified of, of contact, and I don't understand it. Like, is, is he injured and nobody knows it? Does he have like osteoporosis and, and nobody is aware? I mean, I don't know what was going on with, with his uh, time off. I, I hope for the best. Hopefully it was just, just maybe he didn't have his passport or something. I don't know, but it's not looking good. Maybe they can, they can trade for IU or something like that. Um, it seems like two players that aren't working out really well in their system. So, so maybe something like that, you know, but it's just, man, Anytime there's anything good, it's just it's got to sour so fast. But I, I guess that's being a Falcons fan. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, I feel like we've talked uh, plenty about Pitts so far, but I do want to go, and we've talked plenty about the depth, but I have to say I did get a kick out of his comment about, you know, was Dimitrov intentionally sabotaging <laughs> the team for all those years, or did he really not know what he was doing. And honestly, I do not have a good answer for that, but I do <laughs> blame him for so many things right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason we have the depth issues we do is because the cap situation was just absolutely disastrous. Um, and it, it, it will get better over time. Um, but yeah, that, that question cracked me up. Now, as for Calvin Ridley, he did get a touchdown this weekend. He did have, you know, a drop. And then of course that interception uh, where it hit him in the hands and, you know, somehow it turned into an interception was really frustrating. Uh, I, I think it remains, you know, an open question with Calvin, what's, what's going on. And I hope he turns it around. I know Aaron Freeman uh, wrote an article at the Falcoholic where he sort of, you know, examined it and said, uh, you know, he, Arthur Smith may not be using him uh, to in the routes that he's best at running. And, uh, there may be an element of that, and but you know Calvin is a guy that he's coming into this role in the wake of Julio Jones, and that's going to hurt perception no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. And he's probably struggling a little bit with the fact that this is a new offense. They're probably asking him to do some different things from what has been asked of him in the past. Because mm-hmm. um, remember, you know, like he primarily has played in a dirt cutter offense for most of his career in the NFL. Um, yes, he has. And the other thing is he was also for most of that time playing in a dirt cutter offense that also had Julio drawing coverage. Right. Yep, exactly. And so we did see Ridley have some, you know, decent games last year when Julio was out with an injury. But, you know, at least at first when Julio was out, I, I seem to remember Ridley struggling. And I think that, you know, if he's getting double teamed, I think it's a lot harder for him if and, you know, Kyle Pitt should be pulling some of that coverage, too, and that sort of yep. thing. But it is genuinely not what I expected from Ridley in a, contra- in a contract year. 
Yeah. Uh, and just to be clear, he, he do, they did exercise the fifth year option. So he, he will be here next year on that. But teams generally don't like to play guys on the fifth year option if they intend to keep them over the long term. Um, because they they can actually they can have more cap flexibility by avoiding that fifth year guaranteed contract. So yeah, um, the the Falcons I think want to see him improve so they can make a decision on his long term and the second contract with Ridley. Uh, but for those who are frustrated with his performance, you know I I kind of agree. I think you know this is yeah. not what we expected from him. We we think he's much more capable as a receiver than this, but. You know, there's still a lot of football left. There's 11 more games, uh, and if he starts lighting it on fire from this point out, we'll we'll sort of forget some of these conversations. <laughs> yep. All right, next voicemail. Hey, all. This is Duncan, the uh, Vermont Falcons fan, uh, just calling back again. And I misspoke in my last voicemail here. Um, you know, I said that the defense played well. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I meant was, I was I was more so thinking about uh, that special teams um, block field goal. Um, but you know, there are the bright spots of, uh, the Jalen Hawkins interception, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, uh, Foy interception as well. And, um, you know, I think they're going to continue, um, to improve. I hope, um, I think we all do. Um, but it, yes. you know, the, the offense is definitely making up for those errors cause we got it. We got a W and that's the important part. You know, Kyle Pitts playing, um, absolutely unreal. Uh, he's an amazing player. Um, and, you know, I think Matt Ryan is really underrated. I think with time in the pocket, he's an incredible quarterback. Mm. I think he's a smart guy. And I think he's got all of the um, experience to uh, continue to play well. I mean, he's, you know, everyone's saying he's at the end of his career, but he's playing very well. Um, he threw darts. He was, you know, making the right choices. Um, there was, you know, a couple of those drops on the, the offense of the receivers and, um, you know, with Calvin Ridley. But either way, um, I just wanted to uh, pop in again and just kind of clear up that because it's probably going to make me look like an idiot saying that I <laughs> thought the defense played well um, because they did let the Dolphins score 28 points. And, um, you know, it was it was very um, anxiety inducing to watch that game, <laughs> um, especially surrounded by a bunch of Dolphins fans. But anyways, um, hope you all have a great week, and uh, we'll be on to the Panthers. All right, take care. So I do just want to say I avoided all of the stress of this game because I was actually in a wedding on Sunday, and it was a wedding for a longtime reader and reader of the Falcoholic and listener um, at the Falcoholic podcast, Brandon Mm -hmm. Anderson and his wife now, Tanya Anderson, who is one of my coworkers and one of my very best friends. And so it was a little bit unusual that their wedding was scheduled on a Sunday, but (laughs) it did mean that Brandon and I did not have to have any of the stress of that game. So I was delighted. Yes. And uh, congratulations to them both on the wedding, the marriage. Um, uh, we interact with with Brandon pretty regularly on Twitter. Really good yes. guy. Um, so, yes. yeah, congratulations to them. Um, one of the things he mentioned, you know, Matt Ryan, I think you know, we've talked about this in the past. You know, if Matt Ryan has protection and the offensive line has definitely gotten better, but I think Ryan deserves some credit, too, because he is 
he doesn't get enough credit for how well he moves around in the pocket and, and the, including mm-hmm. a muddy pocket, but he's just getting a little bit more time in that pocket. And he has been dialed in um, that he's made some passes that are just in incredibly tight windows. His decision-making is, has been phenomenal. Um, you could even argue again, that interception um, was not really his fault. That ball bounced off of Ridley's hands and into the hands of a, of a, yeah, that was, that was a really, really weird play. Um, it was. I, I looked at it a few different times and I saw some different still shots that looked, you know, pretty questionable as to whether or not it was an interception. I looked at it enough to know that it was, but it was a weird play it and was. it was not Matt Ryan's fault. It, I don't even know if it was anybody's fault to be quite honest. I think it was just kind of a fluky play. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately it'll, it'll go against him in the, you know, in the statistics, but, um, Mm -hmm. and you know, Ryan is, uh, I'm unapologetic about how much of a fan of his I am. Um, but I am sort of surprised at how good he's looked these past four games. Like he has been really good. I mean, David, you and I are both in our forties. And Mm. so we know that like, we know how it feels to start to slow down a little bit in your late thirties, you know, like your body starts rebelling against you and time starts catching up with you. And it's all just a sham. Adulthood is a sham, but um, (laughs) you know that Matt Ryan really doesn't seem to now he is a professional athlete. We are not, but he does not (laughs) seem to be showing the same kind of like any kind of like slow down or anything. I think he is reading and this is what you would expect from a veteran quarterback, but he's reading defenses at this stage of his career better than he ever has. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he's still throwing balls on a rope. Like he's been throwing some darts and I, you know, is his arm strength declining some maybe, but he's still been able to make some deep shots. So yeah, yeah I, I just think that he, we cannot give him enough credit for how well he is playing at this stage in his career. Yeah. And to your point about his arm, I, I don't think it is what it used to be, but that touchdown pass to Russell Gage in the second half was over 50 yards in the air. So I, any doubts about whether he can still throw it when it's needed, I think that pass put that um, put that concern away for at least for now. You know, that's something we're probably going to revisit every year that, you know, we're watching him as a quarterback because as you mentioned, yes. you get into this age range and that's, you know, part of what happens. But Right now, uh, he, is, he is playing arguably at the highest level he has in a very long time. So it's great to see yes. from him. Um, it is great to see from him, and it's great to see the offensive line stepping up around yes. him. It's great to see, you know, Patterson emerging as an actual weapon. Uh, it's great to see, you know, Kyle Pitts developing so that he's an actual threat. Um, and now, you know, if we can get the receiving core to step up and play a little bit better too, that would also be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, a lot of credit to Arthur Smith, who many of us really felt like uh, if he came in here and ran the type of offense he ran in Tennessee, that that would be tailor fit for Matt Ryan's strengths. And I think we're now seeing that. So um, kudos to the head coach slash offensive coordinator. Um, and you know what, before I forget, one last thing I want to point out was in that two-minute drive, I feel like this gets overlooked, but um, after the two passes to Kyle Pitts, the Falcons were in really good field goal range, but they still mm-hmm. had um, over a minute and a half to burn off the clock, and they ran the ball multiple times. And again, I feel like this gets overlooked. Uh, 
you know, the, the dolphins use timeouts to keep, you know, hopefully to have some time left over. Um, but the Falcons converted another first down on the ground when the dolphins knew that they were going to be running. Um, and that is pretty significant for this Falcons team. Like they <laughs> needed is. to burn down the clock and they used it and again. They used Cordero Patterson to do it. Um, but I think fans just sort of overlooked that, but that's a big development for this team that could not do that to save its life under Dirk Cutter. So I feel like it's those little things where we're beginning to see this, this team do things they haven't done before. That gives me a little bit of hope that the long-term future for this team is looking better and better. All right. Last voicemail, Gina, I don't even have to tell you. Matt Ryan, hater alert. Matt Ryan, hater alert. Matt Ryan had an alert. <laughs> Another nail-biter that shouldn't have existed. One fumble, one interception. That wasn't really Matt's fault, although the ball was slightly thrown behind Ridley. We'd have liked to see Matt throw the ball away on the fumble, but he trusted his line and cleaned up his mistakes he made later on. Is Matt back to the clutch ways? Maddie Ice? The comeback kid, I like what I'm seeing. Online gave up about one sack, credit time, and pockets for Matt to step up and step into his throws, spreading the ball around to multiple receivers. The kids, Lee freaking Smith, Calvin Butterfinger <laughs> Ridley. Oh, my God. It's like I help my breath every time the ball is thrown his way. He still seems a bit jittery out there with the drops and getting balls taken right out of his hands. But I will give him credit for absolutely making the big, important plays when we needed them most. Not running east and west, but north, turning it up field, taking them hits and getting back in the game. Don't look like a number one in this game, at least to me. But a solid role wide receiver we need in key moments. You tell me who looks like our number one option on <laughs> offense. I know who it looks like to me, Kyle Pitts. This guy is a beast. One-handed catches, body and defenders, and this guy still learning and getting comfortable in this league. Can you imagine when Pitts clean up his route running, get more Chris? Gosh, I can't wait to see this kid <laughs> full potential. The D struggle, especially D-line. Not much pressure. People missing tackles. Tyler Davidson and Steven Means were horrific. Why are they here? <laughs> I truly miss Oliver and Fowler this game, even Terrell when he left. The defense was not great, but they did save us with two key big interceptions that was crucial, needed. And offense went and scored off both of them. Hawkins got two picks and two straight games. He's hot and may need to consider letting him take over Oliver's role. Let's keep improving and keep climbing that ladder. P.S. Mahomes and these rookie quarterbacks are struggling. <laughs> Let's go Braves! <laughs> oh, I love it. it. It seems like we have to end these podcasts with uh, the Matt Ryan hater alert, Gina. <laughs> it's almost like Matt Ryan hater alert is our theme song for this podcast. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I appreciate a lot of, of, well, pretty much everything that he said there, especially the, uh, go Braves at the end. Um, 
I, I, one thing that I really enjoy about him is even though he leads every call with Matt Ryan hater, hater alert, he's actually very balanced and reasonable about, about Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, and so that's something that I appreciate. Uh, you know, I think that his criticism of Ridley, we've already touched on, and I think mm-hmm. that that's really accurate, but, um, I would like to talk a little bit more about Jalen Hawkins because I thought that that was a yes. really, really good point there. It's been really fun to see him come on these past couple of games. Yeah. Two straight games with an interception and mm-hmm. both times, like they were key interceptions that stopped, uh, potential scoring drives for the dolphins. And then, you know, the week before with the jets. So yeah, he is. I'd, I'd say he's one of the most surprising guys on defense. We thought maybe he could compete for a you know a, a few snaps, be a, a guy that compete you know uh, get got a lot of snaps on special teams. Um, he's making a case that he should be a starter uh, by the end of the year, maybe you know going into twenty twenty two. Like I've been really impressed with how Hawkins has played over the past several games. I have too, and um, you and I have talked a little bit about, um, you know, whether or not playing younger players less was strategic mm-hmm. on Arthur Smith's part. And, you know, I think now that we're seeing these guys kind of hit their stride, you know, whatever. I mean, they <laughs> they were used the way they were used the first few weeks, but they seem to be hitting their stride now. And that's what this team needs. Yeah. And I've made the case and I, I'm going to stick to this, that they're playing well and we're seeing them finally get, you know, some snaps and, you know, that includes guys like uh, Richie Grant, and Darren Hall, some draft picks from this year. And I've seen people say, oh, well, they should have played him sooner. And I would argue that the coaching staff may have gotten them ready to where they are ready to play now. Um, and that we're seeing the benefits of the coaching staff handling it the way that they did, as opposed to, oh, our coaching staff is incompetent. They should have played him sooner. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe the coaching staff knew what they did, knew what they were doing and getting these guys ready. Uh, and taking their time with them so that when they did have to put them in, they would be, uh, they wouldn't be as lost on the field as rookies tend to be. Like that's, yeah. you know, most rookies that come into the league, they do not light it up on day one. Um, Typically, no. <laughs> yeah, unless they're Kyle Pitts, apparently, who uh, yes. I, don't, I don't even think he he thinks he's a rookie anymore at this point. I don't know that yeah, any no of us think. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He sure doesn't play him like one. <laughs> no. Um, and to uh, Matt Ryan hater alerts point, um, if you were to say right now, Kyle Pitts is the number one option in this offense, uh, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Like he's looking like a, a guy that honestly, I, I said this the other day, he looks like if you had said that he was going to come out as a wide receiver, I think he would have been the number one receiver coming off the board in the draft and yep. he would have still gone in the top five. Yeah, I think you're right. So he just his physical tools are just ridiculous. Oh God, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Oh, it's. Uh, I mean, they could make a Marvel movie about this guy. I don't. <laughs> I think he's superhuman. Oh, I love that. Oh, <laughs> that's coming in 2028. The uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, Captain Kyle Pitts. Uh, oh God, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right, Gina, before I embarrass myself any further, uh, as always, it's a blast to go through these. And again, for those who are listening, if you want to join in on fun, uh, let us know your thoughts on the game after it happens. Call our voicemail line. That number is 404-592-2823. Again, 404-592-2823. Leave us a voicemail. We'll include it on the next podcast. Um, 
Gina, with all that said, why don't you remind our listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas, J-E-A-N-N-A Thomas. Um, other than that, you can find me curled up in a fetal position on my floor, <laughs> rocking back and forth and crying about moving. <laughs> After I'm done moving, I will have a better answer for you there. <laughs> but that's where you can find me for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, uh, I sympathize deeply. Um, as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at DW. Updates for our podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Gina Kelly, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. Go Braves. And we'll talk with you next time. Go Braves.